the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Well, welcome to the Passion Church, the crazy church, the fun church, the wild church, the on fire for Jesus church, the Holy Ghost Field Church, the loving church, the warm church, the family church. How would you describe it? All that and more. God's church. God's church. Well, I'm Pastor Guy. I'm glad to be here with you today. Ephesians 6.10, if you could put it up on the, the scoreboard there. <laughs> Ephesians 6.10. Just want to open with the scripture and then we'll move right along. Apostle Paul talking, he says, Finally, my brethren. You know, when you, when you say finally, what you're fixing to say next is probably the thing you've been holding on to that you wanted to make the most important thing to leave the lasting impression. Finally, brothers and sisters. <laughs> finally, we finally get to the big point that I want to make. Be strong in the Lord and in the power. Say power. power. <laughs> in the power of his might. So we're to be strong and have power, but it's in the Lord and in his might. Would you agree? How many of you think you got it all together? You don't need Jesus. You don't need his power, don't need his strength. Nobody in here, I know. As y'all know, we just got back from uh, Fusion Youth, just went to Plugged In 2K17, a, a youth retreat, or what do you call it, a camp, in Panama City, Florida. And I tell you what, me and Angie went with them. We, this is our sixth youth camp, and we've never been as youth, but we've always been as, as leaders. But I tell you what, if you've never been to a youth camp, it's almost worth Signing up to work in the youth to be able to go. <laughs> work all year for the one trip. Because when you go to a youth camp, you see the best of our youth in America. You see a little, like a community that helps and guides and leads one another, loves one another like you never see. It's almost like the church that you imagine Jesus is going to set up here in the thousand-year millennial reign. Where, where everybody is loving one another. It was really a special occasion. It always is. And I'm going to let the kids get up. I say kids. The young women and the young men, I'm going to get them, get them up here. And they share a little bit about their experiences. You guys, come on. Go ahead and, and line up across the front. Okay, sit down. Let's watch the video first. It give you a little idea. Somebody get the lights. Give you a little idea about uh, what it what took on took place Staring into your eyes makes my heart come alive suddenly brought to life when I met you reaching beyond the skies one day 
That week, this week, so that was awesome. Guys, come on up. Angie, take charge. Huh? Well, you, you organize. Okay. Um, okay. Well, we went to camp. It was great. They loved it, as always. I loved it. Uh, it's just a new experience every time. Um, some of my favorite things is, like, the people who haven't been to camp before are new here and getting to know them. Lily, Brian, um, Ashley hasn't ever been. Yeah, it's like they go one person, they come back to, I mean, they all come back different, but you know, someone when they've never been, it's really even more uh, powerful and uh, it's just sweet and get to know them all. You know, I love them all and their personalities and all their little, uh, next year I wish I would have wrote down every joke and one-liner and all of Chandler's questions I'm gonna write down next year so I can have a big long book to tell (sighs) y'all. Um, okay, all right. Oh, my goodness. Just one first. (laughs) Okay, so, (laughs) um, I don't know where to start. (laughs) Okay, so, the last night at camp, I guess I'll start at the end, but, um, or was it the last night? Well, no, it wasn't the last night. It was one of the nights at camp. It was the night service for, for sure. Kevin. Yeah. Okay, anyways, <laughs> sorry. Okay, so it was one of the nights at camp, and um, yeah, Ke- Pastor Kevin Cooley was preaching, and he was talking about how only 4% of our generation knows about Jesus. And that's never mattered to me. Like, I've never cared about that in my life. Like, I've always cared about my family being saved and my family being led to Jesus. Like, I've never cared about a stranger's salvation. I was like, somebody will get to him, but it ain't, like, I don't care, you know? I've never cared. 
And then they were talking about it. And that means like we're the 4%. That means there's 96% of our generation out there that doesn't know about God, that's living the wrong way, has no idea what's going on. And that never like, that touched me so hard. Like that hit me so hard. I just cried for those people. And I've never wanted to go out so badly and just just spread the gospel and lead people to Jesus. Like it meant so much to me to get out there. Like I wanted to go now. Like I was out, like I was sitting in my bed last night thinking about what I was going to say. And I wanted to get up and I wanted to go out there that night. Like I wanted to, I don't know. I just wanted to tell people. I want to be like, look, God is good. Like there's 96% out there that doesn't know what we know. He doesn't know the love of Jesus. They don't know what he can do for them. Like it's getting me fired up right now. <laughs> I'm about to go. <laughs> I got past Mike. <laughs> oh man, um, I was like up all night trying to think of what to say because like when you go to something like this, you don't know what to come back and say. Like you just want to like, like, like they can read your mind, like they can just see the whole thing, but they can't. So you have to like think of something. And one thing that really was cool to me is like, y'all know the Bible stories about like demons getting cast out and stuff. Like you know that's a Bible story, right? In your head, like you know that doesn't happen in real life. It can't, dude. This guy got, like, he had a demon in him, and we, like, cast him out right there. Like, that was, and, but, like, when Zach was, like, praying and stuff, he said, don't pay attention. We won the victory, and we don't need to pay attention to it, because that's what the devil wants, because we were all, like, worshiping. And I don't know, that's so cool to me to see that, like, stuff like that happens. Like, we're teenagers, like, we're a bunch of hooligans, I swear, but, like, (laughs) we have the power to do something like that. And, like, you just don't see that stuff happening. Like, always in my head, that's a Bible story. That doesn't happen in real life. But seeing it with my own eyes and hearing all of the stuff go on, and we're just, like, praying, that kid's testimony at the end, man, it was good. Like, because he knew something was different in him. And one more thing, like, I've never prophesied over anybody. Like, that's a feeling that's, ooh, gets you. And that's a good feeling to be able to do that. And Tori, <laughs> she's want, she wanted her calling for a while now. And, she, and I, I got to do, God gave it to me. We got a new kids leader in our church, guys. Like, I mean, the kids in the nursery, that's going to be their teacher when they're in kids' church. I think she, they're in pretty good hands. All right, I know I'm being really long, but I'm going to say one more thing. Okay, One thing that was like my life, like something that like someone said that like impacted me, Kevin, um, <laughs> He was, it was just like we were worshiping one night. He was there, and, you know, we're all, like, sitting there, and he's, like, just saying stuff what God tells him, like, bam, bam, bam. And he goes, there's some people out there with older siblings. And I don't know if y'all know about my brother, but he has a heart for God. I've been telling you, he's called to be a preacher, but he's on the wrong track right now, and it breaks my heart. You know, that's my best friend, and we've been praying for years, like, praying, like, get bringing back i'm gonna be honest he almost died a while back you guys because the devil has such a tight hold on him and kevin goes god heard you when he said college age sibling who y'all almost fell back it just hit it like and he said you've been praying and god heard you i called my mama right after service i was crying like because we've been so down and he said there was a brother and a sister and we're both going through the same thing. But God heard us. Mom, Dad, Holly. 
it's over. They're, they're coming back. I promise you guys. And I don't know, that just, that gets me fired up because we got so down about them. But deep in our hearts, we knew they were always God's. This is going to be their testimony. These are the testimonies. Testimonies reach people, you guys. And I promise you, Megan and Austin, you guys, there's going to be one of the best. I don't know. I got it. <laughs> Thanks, Kaylee. <laughs> um, I guess the best night for me was the night that Kevin came to preach because <laughs> um, it was a lot of the same thing that Kaylee was talking about. He was asking us, you know, if we knew our calling or knew what we wanted to do in life. And um, he asked all the people that wanted to be in the medical field to raise their hands and everybody would pray over them. And God told me that I was going to go across the world and minister and be a nurse to people. And I've always thought about that, but I never knew, like, is that the right thing to do? Like, can, can I do that? And I just heard from God that that was what I was going to do. And And Kevin, you know, I felt like Kevin looked dead at me and he said, God has answered your prayers because I've been praying that my whole entire family would be on fire for God like I am. And, and he said, God has answered your prayers and he heard you. And it's going to happen. And they're here. Really, Ashley? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, really? Okay. Anyways. Okay. Um, I love that man, Kevin. I love that man. Uh, I've always, I've always loved God, you know. But and like the first camp, I was like, shut up. <laughs> and the first camp, I was like, yeah, like I'm on fire, and like I really know Him now. But you know, you fall down. It's hard being a teenager. And I've never, like, had a long stretch where I've always, like, I'm yours, God. Like, here I am. And, like, I've always fallen and stuff. But Kevin said something. He was like, don't despise the moment before your moment. God has to test you before he uses you in a mighty way. And so I know now that when I go through hard times and struggles, look to God. He, he's our comforter. He's the shadow where I hide. And he, it's just a test. And it's like, just get through it. And then, like, there's the mountaintop. Valleys, and then the mountaintop. You just got to get through it. You just got to give it to God. And you can get through it in Him. He ain't mad at you. He loves you. He's got a purpose for your life. And um, so, like, that really, I never thought that, like, oh, camp, you get impacted, and then nothing else. But, no, like, it, it keeps impacting. I mean, it's like, you can, now I know that, like, I can get through it. I can live the rest of my life for God, and that's what I'm going to do. And also, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. Um, I've never thought that, like, God could use me in such a mighty way. And uh, the first night at worship, I said, God, use me. Here I am. I'm available. I want you to use me. I know how good you are. Let Use me to show people your goodness. And so, uh, I don't know, but Zach was like, before the last service, he called me and five, four others, it was five teenagers, and he called us in a room. We just had, like, prayer for 45 minutes about the service. And he prayed. Zach goes, it wouldn't surprise me 
if someone's leg grew out tonight. That like if it was uneven and it would grow out. And he goes, y'all are going to do that tonight. And I was like, okay. Uh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so uh, he, we did. Uh, Zach said, if you, you know your feet are uneven, like your legs are like this, come up here and we're going to like grow it out for you. So it was five teenagers and two teenagers, it was us five teenagers, but two teenagers had their legs uneven. And so they sat down in the chair. Us five kids, like, I'm just going to call us kids because, like, like seriously, like, us, like, we're so young and he's already going to use us. Literally, this girl's leg, me and my friend Mackenzie were praying on her, the other three were on the other kid. Her le- legs were literally like this, sitting in the chair. Her legs were uneven. And so we put our hands on her and we're like, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, like, grow, like, blah, 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 praying, praying, praying. And so then <laughs> we looked down and whoops, that leg's now longer than the other leg. <laughs> And we're like, uh, me and my friend McKenzie are like, uh, do we do this right? Or what? Like, now they're still uneven, but it's the other leg. And so our friend Garrison came over and he like looked up at her and like pushed her foot back in and was like, and now they were even. He was like, is that good enough for you? <laughs> and she was like, uh, yeah, like my feet are even now. They never have been. And she got up and ran. And so like, I'm 17 years old. <laughs> I'm 17 years old and God can still use me in like mighty ways to like, boost up his kingdom and do the works of him because he's in me. Um, <laughs> talking about like uh, Kaylee and Tori's like siblings, like if the devil's trying that hard to like cover up like what they have, that just shows like how great their gift is. Yeah, amen. So, um, but the main thing I took away was the people, not the people with the most talent get used by God, but the most available. Yeah. So he talks about, uh, he had a calling in his life to go to India. And, uh, <clears throat> like, he'd been praying about it and praying about it. And he was, like, uh, when he went to college, they, uh, they, he was, like, in worship or whatever. And, like, they read off, like, missionaries and stuff, like, that you can, available spots, like, 27, and go to, like, Mexico and stuff like that. And just a whole bunch of, anyway. And God had been telling him, like, he was going to go to India. And so there was, like, one spot open for India. And uh, so it was, like, as soon as worship was over, he ran and uh, went. And, like, he applied for it. And he had been nervous for, like, two weeks waiting on it. And because he didn't think he was going to get it, like out of all like the thousands of people that were there. And uh, so, sorry, I get nervous because I have like really bad stage fright. <laughs> but um, anyway, <clears throat> so like he went up there and two weeks later he came and he went and he asked them or like they called, uh, they called him up there and they said, congratulations, like you got the job or to go to India. And, um, and he asked, he was like, well, how many people applied for it? Like, why did you give it to me? And they told him, like, you were the only one who applied for it. So, so like, it, yeah, even, like, out of all those talents and people, it's not that he was, like, the most talented. He was the only one that applied and was available to go to India. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it was an amazing experience. And it was, like, it was pretty cool, like, it was like really amazing <laughs> that there there's other teenagers like us that um, are available, you know. And sometimes, like I know, like when we go to school and stuff like that, it's it's hard to deal with like peer pressure and stuff like that. And um, people, some people are like trying to run or hide. But there was one type, I can't remember who said it, but uh, they said like you shouldn't run um, away from him, you should run towards him. Because he will help you. Yeah. 
Alright, uh, I'm not very good at these. So, so alright. Um, thank y'all for letting us go, and it was a great experience. And I'm probably more nervous than Chandler, but um, I don't know. It's crazy. Like Kaylee said, all these miracles happen, and you never thought you'd really see it in real life, but then it happens, and I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> and uh, I think it was Pastor Kevin. He said something like, We all think our generation's so bad, and we're the worst. But we're actually like God saves the best for last, and that we're here for a reason, and that's it. It was really good to go on there, but uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm actually glad I went because my life just changed when I went, and like I don't feel the same, but in a good way. Um, so, I'm really bad with crowds, but, uh, so I actually had a dream in the camp. I've always knew, like, known that I have a heart for, like, the homeless and everything, but I had a dream about, um, two children, and they were homeless, and, uh, I talked to Zach about it. I'm like, is this actually, like, my calling and everything? He's like, yeah, that's a God-giving dream, and I'm like... That's amazing. <laughs> and then, like Kaylee said, all those miracles, and I've never thought that that would actually happen. I'm like, this is like the real world. Nothing like that happens. And then I saw it, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> it kind of scared me a little. And then at the beginning, um, whenever I first came, I was actually a little scared that I wasn't going to get like involved and I, it was just going to be like an everyday kind of thing and then it was like I don't know <laughs> it was kind of scary um I felt the Holy Spirit and I felt God in the room and it was amazing and I couldn't ask for anything more it was such an amazing experience I'm so glad I went and I I'm like Jordan you have to go <laughs> next year you have to go but yeah I knew I'd get more stuff when I listened to them, but uh, one thing that did stick out to me, too, is like, yeah, y'all know when Zach was here, he talked about Generation X, you know, you got the Millennials and all, and then they're like called the Generation X, uh, Z, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the other, there was another X, um, yeah, Generation Z, that's right, uh, but you know how everybody, uh, all of us older folks, you know, we're always talking about the Millennials, or they're lazy, or they're this, you know, and nobody just probably the way your parents used to talk about you, you know, everybody talks about the next generation down. But nobody has a choice of when they're born. You know, you don't get to pick to be in the millennials or not or whenever you're born. So you're you're born when God has you, you know, when God planned for it. And like they said, like, look at the world, how dark the world is. I mean, we all know it's, like, pretty scary. And just to think that when I think of them and that he has called them and, and what, you know, he's doing. And then when you see the, all those kids together, I feel like it's um, just seeing them. They've been to three camps. They've been to two winter camps. Like, 
going there, it's like a place to get recharged almost. You know, they go to their schools and it is hard. Could you imagine being in school now? I can't, <laughs> you know, I cannot imagine trying. Thankfully, most everybody I'm around nowadays are y'all, you know, y'all aren't that bad, you know, <laughs> you know, compared to the world, you know, like I'm not surrounded by, by just, you know, total darkness. I li- we, we, me and Guy had this discussion recently. We're, we're really around so much light, we forget how dark it really is. And so them, I feel like this is just like every time they all get together, it just recharges them, recharges them, and it's, and it's just helping them strengthen and grow. Um, Zach's ministry, I love his, him. <laughs> we love him. He has shown himself so, uh, his heart is so true to them when we go to their things. His um, motives, it's not just to have a camp, to go have fun. I mean, he wants them to have fun, but he truly, he spends time with each and every one of them. I don't know how he does all he does, but he really makes them feel, uh, he talks to them just like, you know, you want somebody to talk to you. Not just because they're young, they shouldn't, you know, you don't pay attention to them or anything. He spends time pouring into them, pouring into them. So pray for him, pray for his ministry. He finished our kids' camp, they, uh, like on a, on a Friday. He was at our camp by that Sunday, and our camp ended on Friday, and he's in the Cayman Islands by Saturday night fixing to do another kids' camp. So he is, and then he's going to Oregon for some more kids' camps. So he's given his all. Um, at the beginning of the camp, you know, you got all these kids, they don't know each other, but by the end, the last night, you know, we stood and had like a Holy Ghost service for three hours, and they're all hugging. I mean, the boys are hugging. <laughs> so you know that's God, you know. Like, I'm just kidding. I don't mean in a weird way, but I mean they are praying over each other. The kids are doing the ministry. It was hardly the adults. I mean, we were there. We were praying over some, but they were all hugging, praying over each other, just spending time together, That you know, thing that you never experience that out here. We don't even do what we did they're here most of the time you know you got people loving on each other feeling some kids feeling love for the first time feeling like people accept them um the the boy who gave his testimony the last day that they were talking about that got delivered uh you know you think oh he had a demon like he's a possessed what was what his testimony was was that before he came he said he had felt like every day he was just on the ground and the devil was just kicking the crap out of him that was what his life felt like. And he said he came, and, and he, he said every day, that each night, he felt better and lighter and just, oh, my gosh, this is so wonderful. And then by the end of the night, what happened was, like, that is a, an, a, a spirit of oppression. You might, it's not like, it's just a spirit of the darkness that's on you. And that's what we mean by he got delivered from that oppression that just had him beat down, like, telling him he's worthless, telling him this and that, you know. And it, it was such a, he's it's a teenage boy, like 17 or 18 years old, crying, praising God, you know, for being delivered and, and just, uh, you know, just life-changing stuff that doesn't, you know, that will change their life forever. So thank you all for sharing. Thank you, everybody, for all the fundraising and everything you did to send us. And, and uh, I know it was good ground, and um, I'm just so excited about all them, every, you know. The kids are released. Let's check, see if this thing was on. Chick, chick, chick. <laughs> the kids are released.
You know, sometimes we look at the youth and we think, well, they're just waiting around to be mature enough to be used by the Lord. Sometimes I think it's the other way around. Because I'm seeing the kids being used by the Lord. And sometimes I'm wondering if we're just sitting around waiting on to be mature enough to be used by the Lord. Because it's, we think we've got to qualify. Like you said, it's not about your ability, it's about your availability. And so these kids are just being available. And God is using them. Don't forget that. Just continue. Uh, I've got a little time, so we'll go get into a little message today. Uh, I'm going to title the message, Unacceptable Losses. If you're following on your little sheet there, it always asks you what the title of today's message is. It's entitled, Unacceptable Losses. In Luke 19, 41, it says, As Jesus came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. That's the second time in Scripture I see where Jesus wept, right? Think about that. Jesus is God in the flesh, and he's crying. What made God cry? What, God, what made God have a, a show of emotions to bring tears into his eyes? Well, I guess he was just looking at the staggering losses in the town of Jerusalem, those who wouldn't believe, those who wouldn't be used by God, who wouldn't submit. And it broke his heart, caused God to cry. In other words, to him, they were unacceptable losses. So what do we do with the Generation Z? I heard these percentages and stuff, and you know, Dr. Adrian Rogers says 87.3% of all statistics are just made up anyway. But, and it may be true, and I heard somebody say the 96% and only 4% know Jesus in Generation Z. And I tried to look that up. I couldn't find any verification on that. But, but we'll go with that, you know. Most of them are just made up anyway. Just making a point. But some things I did find out about Generation Z, those are the ones born from 1995 on. Uh, they're predicted to be the first post-Christian generation in the United States. What does that mean? That means they're growing up in the United States, a United States that nobody else has ever grown up in, one that doesn't consider themselves a Christian nation anymore. In fact, we had a president not long ago say that we were not a Christian nation. It's not true, but that's the way this nation has begun to see ourselves. It's not a Christian nation. And it says the average generation Zer has an attention span of eight seconds. <laughs> like a little gnat, you know. That's how long you have to stay on the bull. They can't even hardly stay on the bull. What was I doing up here? You know? <laughs> they're also the first true digital native generation. That means they're the first generation to grow up with digital technology in their hand. From They come out of the womb and we slap a phone in their hands. You know, they're videotaped when they come out. They only know the digital age. And when they check the box on their religious thoughts or whatever, it says that their fastest growing religious identifier, the way they see themselves religious, religiously, is spiritual but not religious. They see themselves as spiritual but not religious. I see myself as spiritual but not religious. 
But I wonder if they mean it in the same way. Do they mean as all religions lead and as long as you believe and you have faith and we're all just, you know, going to be good, spiritual kind of fluff? And religious, they see as traditional church, Christianity kind of stuff? I don't know. But I hope, I hope that can be changed because like Tori said, the next morning we had a devotional and Tori, with tears in her eyes, said that 96 percent of my generation in my school 96 percent of them don't know jesus or would die and go to hell possibly and tears in her eyes she was like jesus she was weeping for her generation seeing it as unacceptable losses so who are the 96 percent who is this 96 percent growing up were you in the 96% when you were growing up? You know, the, maybe the percentage wasn't as bad in your day, but there was a percent in your high school, in your middle school, your junior high, probably a big percent that would today qualify as one of the 96 percenters. Who are these people? I think back, I think it was me. I was in the 96%. I wasn't a particularly good kid, but I wasn't a particularly bad kid. I was wild and everything, but I was just a, a human, just a person. You got good people, you got bad people, you just got people. You got people dealt a hand of cards in life, and this is what they go with. Like Angie said, you can't determine how you're going to be born, what situation you're going to be born into. You're just born. And these are people that just haven't, Un fully understood God's grace yet. Oh, they may have even heard the message. They may have heard a preacher like me get up and tell the plan of salvation. They're like, huh? <laughs> I was 32 years old before I finally got it, and I had heard the message my whole life. So can we blame people for not getting it the first time? Well, they heard the message. They should know better. They're just people. It's like you and me, flesh and blood, with a soul, with problems, with hurts, these kids growing up cutting themselves, hurting on the inside with pain. Somebody recognized me. Somebody acknowledged me. Does anybody care? My parents do their thing. They don't care. Do you know? Have you heard any stories about the way people, these kids are growing up these days in the darkness in which they dwell through sometimes, most times, no fault of their own? They're just people. They're downtrodden, hurting. They're the wandering masses. They're the sheep without a shepherd. They're the ones that break Jesus' heart. The one he cries over. They're good people, bad people. They're just people. They haven't understood God's grace yet. And who are the 4%? Are they the superheroes? They are the good people. They're the, they're the sure enough good folks. That's the ones I like. They're just the forgiven. They're no different. They're just 
beggars that happen to stumble upon the bread of life. They're the ones that now have a responsibility because of what they know. And they have the potential. They're the ones who have the potential to have the power of God displayed in their lives. Why? Because of their responsibility. The power becomes a, is because of your responsibility. They have the potential to have the power of God unleashed in their lives because of your responsibility. Where's Jesus during all this? Can anybody tell me where Jesus is right now? Where? Where's he at physically? Because he's in a physical body. He's at the right hand of the Father. Well, what are you, what are you leaving us down here, Jesus? Well, Jesus did it work. He did his part. He said, my job is finished here. And then he went to heaven. But now, who's doing the preaching? Whose responsibility is it now to carry on the finished work of Jesus, to spread the good news? What was he preparing us for? See, Jesus became a human being like us. He limited himself to one place at one time. Like he said, he's everywhere. Well, his spirit is, but now he's... He's in a physical body because he became human, because he had to, to take on our sin debt. But he said, it's better if I go away, because if I go away, then I'll send the Holy Spirit. And see, the Holy Spirit can be in your heart, my heart, their heart, everybody's heart all at once. It can be around the world, in, every, in the heart of every believer. How are we going to reach the masses in our puny little strength? When we look at ourselves, we... Come here, y'all first four. Come here. Let's pretend there's 100 people in here. There's probably only 70. Look around and pretend that most of these chairs are full. And okay, these four are standing in the hallway of their school. And they're looking out. Oh my goodness, what do we do? It's all of them and only four of us. Does anybody like to come up and stand in this position and look out? And see what they face every day in the halls of their school. And they're thinking, what do I do? I can't do anything. I'm afraid to even talk on a mic. Not anymore. I'm embarrassed. I, what if they reject me? They feel like you do. Where's the power? What's the difference in the, before they went to camp and when they came back from camp? What can they do in their own puny strength? Nothing. What can you do? Nothing. We can't do anything in our own strength. Where is that power? I pray that you be... Finally, brethren, I pray that you may be strengthened, that you may get power. Right? You can be seated. Thank you. See, they're not afraid to get up. We were never... Asked to reach the world in our own strength. Somebody go tell the denominations that believe that the Holy Ghost doesn't work anymore. Somebody go tell them. Because they're working really hard. But we were never asked 
to reach the world in our own strength. We were never intended to. And we probably should never try. We shouldn't try. We'll mess it up. People don't need to see us. They need to see Jesus in us. They need to see the Holy Spirit in, their, in us. What is our power? Look at your neighbor and ask that question. What is, what is our power? What is that pastor talking about? What is our power? Well, I'll tell you. It's found in Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. You will have the power for a reason. See, Brother Zach, that runs the camp, he came to our church a couple months ago to prepare these kids because the name of his camp, the, the thing about the camp this year, the theme was the Holy Spirit. Because he began to see a, a trend of these kids going to camp and the power of the Holy Spirit being there, and they're getting free, and they're having these Holy Ghost services and everything. And then they leave, and they go back, and then that wears off. Because the Holy Spirit is not there for just to get you free and get you excited, get you a Holy Ghost goosebump, and then go and forget. It's not, the Holy Spirit's not there for our entertainment. The Holy Spirit is given to give us the power to be a witness in the earth. See, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he said, you are the lights of the world. Jesus left, and his light's supposed to shine in us. See, darkness invaded the world when sin entered in. And mankind is dark. But we're supposed to be the city on the hill. We're supposed to be the lighthouse, the place that they can run to and find the source of that light, find Jesus. We're light spreaders. And it's the Holy Spirit in us. So when you leave camp, you don't just say, well, that was good. I can't wait to get free again next year at camp. No, I'm taking the Holy Spirit with me. I'm going to be filled. I'm going to stay filled. Every day, I'm going to understand that the Holy Spirit is there to give me power to witness. It's power to live the Christian life. Power to overcome the enemy. To cast out devils. The gifts of the Spirit in operation. In fact, let's turn to Mark 16, 15. I couldn't believe it. We had a LinkedIn new membership class this morning. And I'll be dogged if Brother Tom didn't pull out his Bible and pull, turn to both my scriptures today. <laughs> now, if that isn't confirmation in the Holy Ghost, that there's a whole Bible full of scriptures and he's going to pull out the same two that I'm preaching on. What's the chances? That's astronomical. The Zach said he read the same five verses. We're going to read Mark 16, 15. This is Jesus. He said he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Not just to the ones that you like, the ones you agree with, or the ones you think are worthy. He sees us all as worthy. And he says anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. He's not talking about a water baptism. He's talking about the baptism of fire that takes place in your heart when you receive Jesus as Lord. But he also says anyone who refuses to believe will be 
condemned. This is important. This is a heaven or hell issue. Life or death hang in the balance here. Because we got to go and preach the good news, and it's up to them whether they believe it or not. But it says miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out devils in my name. Amen? Amen. Does it matter how old you are to cast out a devil? They will be able to handle snakes with safety. No, wait a minute, I ain't got to that part. <laughs> they will cast out demons. They will speak with new languages. Supernatural. Supernatural. Which one of you can just start spouting off a new language without studying it? See, these are supernatural gifts that given by the Holy Ghost. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and they will, if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. In other words, he's got your back. He's going to make sure you stay safe. Then they will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. These signs follow those who believe. Not those who are in the five-fold ministry, not the apostles only, not the, those who believe. And when the Lord had finished talking with them, look, this is, this is Jesus' last words, just like Paul said, finally, brethren. This is, the most, this is what Jesus saved for last. Go into all the world and preach. Be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the power. Spread the light. And when the Lord had finished talking with him, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand and his disciples. How many want to be a disciple of Jesus? Some of us are cool just being a believer, a pew sitter. I'm not sure about being a disciple. That denotes that I might have to do something. <laughs> a disciple means that you're following him. You're taking up your cross daily. You're in the game. You're not sitting on the sidelines. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. Who preached? Was it Jesus? Whose job is it to preach these days? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. <laughs> Pull off your shoes. We're going to do an inspection today. No. <laughs> mm. And it said the Lord worked through them. It wasn't them. It was, all they had to do was open their mouth. That's all I'm doing today. Opening my mouth. And it's the Lord working through me, hopefully. I'm trying not to color it too much. I shut my brain down and try to get in my spirit. And the spirit will give us the words that we shall say in that self-same hour. He'll, you'll be instant in season when you stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Confirming what they said with miraculous signs. See, the word went forth at camp. And it was followed with miraculous signs. Those miraculous signs were an encouragement. They not, they not only healed people, straightened out legs, and delivered folks, but they made the believers excited. But you've got to get in the game. What's our power? The Holy Spirit. Now, when my mama was working in Orlando, she met a lot of famous people. One of them was a picture, a, pi a picture, a picture in the major leagues named Frank Viola. Isn't that true? 
Uh, I think he was a Cy Young Award winner. He was a great uh, baseball star. But he's even a greater Christian. And he wrote a book called Jesus Now. And I'm glad he did because I was going to start researching all the things that the Holy Spirit does in our life. And I could go back to some of my old teaching and stuff. And it would have taken me hours. And I didn't get back till Friday night. I was glad to find somebody else already had it written down for me. So thank you, Frank Viola. And he gives scripture references. Let me tell you, in case you are unaware of the power that's available to you. It says the Spirit convicts the world of sin. John 16, 8. See, it's not our job to convict them. The Holy Spirit convicts them. The Spirit guides us into all truth. Hallelujah. We don't have to wonder where is he taking us. We know where he's taking us. is going to set us free because it's the truth. The Spirit regenerates us. The Spirit glorifies and testifies of Christ, John 15, 26. The Spirit reveals Christ to us and is in us, John 16, 14. The Spirit leads us. He sanctifies us. <laughs> he empowers us. He fills us. He teaches us to pray in Romans 8, 26. The Spirit bears witness that we're the children of God. Woo. On those days when you know you ain't acting right, and you just, man, Holy Spirit, am I still saved? I got you. The Spirit produces in us fruit or the evidence of His work and presence. We can see that we're different. People can see that you're different because there's fruit in your life produced only by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 22. The Spirit distributes those spiritual gifts I talked about. He anoints us for our ministry. You think the Holy Spirit ain't important? You want to live a Christian life? I believe, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in all that spiritual stuff. Well, good luck sitting on the sidelines of life. He washes and renews us. He brings unity, oneness to the body. We're all baptized into one spirit. We belong to one another. The spirit is our guarantee and deposit of our future resurrection. I can know that when, when the Lamb's book is open, my name's going to be in it because I know it in my heart. I know it in my heart by the guarantee of the Holy Spirit, the deposit of my future resurrection. He seals us until the day of redemption. He holds on to us. Just like Jesus is ever praying, being our intercessor, the Holy Spirit has sealed us. We are sealed to the day of redemption. He has set us free from the law of sin and death, Romans 8, 2. He quickens our mortal bodies, and boy, mine can get a little down sometimes. Anybody feel the results of gravity in your life? <laughs> That's like, I wish we was on the moon, you know. Sometimes, I, if they ever open up a condominium on the moon, I'm gone, <laughs> He reveals to us the deep things of God. Yea, the deep things of God. He takes you deep into the things of God. 
He reveals what's been given to us from God. 1 Corinthians 2.12, he dwells in us. I got scripture references for all, I ain't got time. I ain't even got to the 25th one yet. He speaks to us, in us, and through us. The Spirit is an agent by which we are baptized into the body of Christ. Let me skip down here. Spirit, the Spirit brings liberty. He transforms us into Christ's image. He, he cries in our heart, Abba, Father. He enables us to wait. Hallelujah. Anybody have a problem with patience? He supplies us with Christ. He grants us everlasting life. He gives us access to God the Father. It makes us corporately God's habitation. He reveals the mysteries of God. I could just go on. He teaches us, gives us joy, helps us preach the gospel. He moves us. He knows the things of God. He casts out devils. He brings to our remembrance things that we forgot about. He's our paraclete, the one who comes alongside. He's our comforter. A, A church without the Holy Spirit is hardly could call themselves the church at all. The same spirit that quickened Jesus, raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in us. What more shall we say about such things as wonderful as these? If God be in us, Who can be against us? (laughs) God. It's amazing to me that preachers have to preach this message and teach people and try to convince them that the Holy Spirit is something that they need. You need the Holy Spirit. Because all around us, people are dying and going to hell. And it's unacceptable. Unacceptable losses with the power that we have been given. We shouldn't lose any. Oh, Lord. Mm. I was going to show the video of Kaylee preaching. Show it, show it, show it, show it, show it. How many... Now, this is church. Don't lie. How many is willing to stay an extra 10 minutes today to see this video? Don't, don't put your hand up if you don't mean it. If you got to be at the buffet. Can you, it, do you have that? It's only on Facebook, so we have to show it through Facebook. Uh, can you get the lights, fan? This is in front of 200 people at this camp. Kaylee or, gets up and asks. That's all right. Let me hear it. We got the video. We're taking them outside their realm of uh, familiarity. Is that a word? I made up another one? Normally, we uh, go ahead and preload these videos, but this one was on Facebook, the only way we could get it off. So. And so she told me what was in her heart. 
And it seemed good, so I'm gonna let her share. It good. Wow, this has been on my heart for like a while now. We're teenagers and we're like, what am I gonna do when I get older? Like, that's what's on most of our minds, like, because a lot of us are getting ready to go to college and like, we wonder, what am I gonna do? But what we have to figure out is not what we're gonna do, it's why. When you find out why, when you let the Holy Spirit come and tell you why you're gonna do what you're gonna do, that's when you, you can pick from a thousand what's. It's not about when you just think, okay, that's what I want to do. Do you know why? Or is it just because, hey, I like, I like animals. I want to be a veterinarian. I mean, that might be what you're called to do. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's just an example. But why? Like, I've loved music since I was a kid. I was like, yeah, I want to be a pop star. You know? I want to be a fan people lights on me my name and lights you know it's always been what I wanted and when I figured out why that I'm doing it for him and not me that's when I knew my what my what was it's not when I when I just wanted what I was doing when I knew why that's when it took off and that goes for all of you if you're wondering what should I do find your why and then it'll click instantly and you get picked from a thousand wives. And they'll come. A bunch of nuggets come at you like this one. And you can pick any of them. Because you know why you're doing it. And when you find your why, you know who you're doing it for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you find your why, you find your what, and you realize who. And when you get all that wrapped up, it's just. Yeah. You know, it gets you going.
That's one of yours. That's one of yours preaching in front of 200 people at a camp. The power of the Holy Spirit with a Holy Spirit message. And that's what we're trying to do. We're adults here still trying to figure out our whys and our whats. Look around you. There's our why. You're where? Maybe come back next week and we'll find out. But I put a new one back there, a what? What do we need? We need the Holy Spirit to accomplish the rest of these. The Holy Spirit is our what? To help us fulfill a calling most of us don't even know we possess. Or we do in here, but a lot of people don't. There's so much good went on at camp. Uh, I walked up on these two over here that are not paying attention. And... (laughs) Josh and Chandler at camp and I walked up and I, they were already in the middle of a conversation I heard them talking about somebody they were saying he's kind of slow I don't think anybody's hanging out with him or whatever and I was, my blood started to boil I'm like y'all gonna be at church camp talking and separating and, and all this and I was just fixing to get them and then they turned and walked away and they went over to dude and I was like they're gonna go pick on him or something I went over there they went on there they were loving on him they, they sought him out out of camp to go spend time with him and, and said he's over there by himself. People are not, t- they were talking about why they needed to minister. You see, the gospel is inclusive. It's not exclusive. It's inclusive. And so should our hearts be. Amen? First Corinthians 13, 5 says, love does not behave itself unseemly. See, that would have been unseemly for them to be over talking about him and not doing anything positive about it. But it says it seeketh not her own. Now there's several ways you could look at that. It ain't just thinking about me. But in their case, they could have been seeking out other fellows like them. You know, that had it all together like they, do, they think they do or whatever. Like many of us do, we get in our cliques and stuff. And I don't want, it, don't want to involve myself with anybody else. That's not the way we do in this church. We get outside of our cliques and we go and reach out to everyone who comes through these doors because we don't know the hurts they're bringing in. And people coming through these doors, man, they're coming in with issues and they're coming up with walls up and they're thinking, first one looks at me, I'm out of here. (laughs) You know, if they look down on me, and that's what they're expecting because that's the way some churches that they've been to have been. But that's not us. We seek them out and make them feel welcome. That's what the heart of love does. Love leaves the 99 and goes finds the one. Love leaves the 4% to go hunt for the 96%. Isn't that right? Thank you, Josh and Chandler, for teaching that. God seeks the lost. If you look in Luke 15, it's got a parab- three parables. It's the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost sheep, And the parable of the lost son, God looks for the lost. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Psalms 34.18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He seeks them out. He's close to you. Is your heart Seeking out the brokenhearted. Is your heart seeking the lost? Those who feel lost? 
Or are you just seeking your own? Do you walk around and you just see people as sacks of skin with bone in them? Get out of my way. You know, it's, I got to get to do my thing. You're just, get, you're in a line and you're thinking, if all these people, went, I wish these people weren't even here, you know. Instead of seeing people. I ask God many times because I get in the same habit. We just get in, it's flesh. It's the natural tendency of the flesh. But if we're walking in the Spirit, we're asking to be filled daily, and we're, we're letting the love of God control us, we begin to see that person in front of us as not an obstacle to me, but as an opportunity for me to seek out and save that which is lost, to let the love of God shine through me. You see, the Great Commission will never be a priority in our life if we don't know our why, like Kaylee said. If we don't let God's love soften our hearts and you have no regard for the lost and you have no regard for other people and their hurts and pains I have to ask you do you know the love of God are you serving the same the right God because if you know God and you spend time with God and you read his word and you have his spirit I have to ask are you so fleshly that you have buried the things of God or are you even saved because his love will compel you to leave the one or the 99 and go find the one. There was a boy, it was on that video, but you wouldn't recognize it if you didn't sit, you weren't paying attention and you didn't know what it was, was. But there was one kid at the first night of camp in front of those 180 other kids that gave his heart to Jesus. He wasn't saved when he got there. One, one kid. <laughs> and he went down in front of everybody. And, and I watched his group was sitting up in the front, the ones he came to camp with, and they were just, they were itching. They were ready for him to finish saying the prayer. So they, they ran to him and embraced him and fell on his neck and just get a group hug. And I saw other kids were like, can we go too? Can? The whole camp got up and went and hugged on one person that gave their life to Jesus. One person. One for one for all and all one for all for one. Okay, got it, got it. There was also the kid named Brandon there. I think he was a little autistic. Or, is that probably how you would describe him? I saw people all week going out of their way to spend time with Brandon and to love on Brandon, make sure his camp experience was special. Yeah, and he had a he had a passion to crowd surf. The day before, Zachary and one of his other Leaders said, y'all going to catch us? And they crowd surfed over the crowd. And you know how they hold them up? And, and they were crowd surfing. They videoed, it's a video on thing. And so they had a good time. Well, somebody got back to Zachary that, that Brandon wanted to do that. Brandon's a big old fella. And <laughs> they got Brandon up there, and they got all the big strong guys. And they held Brandon up and let Brandon crowd surf. They let, one night they let Brandon get up there and air guitar because he wanted to. <laughs> they sought out the kid that needed the attention. I think this Generation Z might just be all right after all. Yeah. Yeah. Like they said, I believe God's saving the best for last. I believe it. You know, it, it often looks the darkest right before the storm. What is it? Oh. Oh, we got, some, we got something she wants to say. Hold on, let's... Let everybody hear you. 
usually I don't like to talk, but uh, so I forgot which one said it. I think it was Kevin, and he was like, "Do you have somebody that you really care about that if if they died tonight they would go to hell?" And I I just I started crying so much because I have someone that means so much to me, and and she's. She's like, I would die for her. She's amazing, but no matter what I do, no matter what I say, it seems like I cannot get her to believe in what's true. And um, I don't know. I just wanted to pray for her and pray for everybody like her. And I I wanted to see if y'all could, uh, I don't know. (laughs) What's her name? Her name's Elizabeth, and uh, she's my best friend. I've been her friend for three years, and God called me to her. Her dad was uh, practically praising me because before I met her, she was dealing with suicide, and and um, she had just such a horrible life. She was going to therapy, and then he said that he was practically giving me all the praise but like it wasn't me (laughs) it was a miracle that I got to meet her and I'm so glad I did and I just need that little step to help her to believe and I'd like to pray for her real quick everybody close your eyes and let's lift up Elizabeth let's lift up Elizabeth and all the other kids like her let's lift up Elizabeth all the kids and all the adults all the little babies all those who are far from God hadn't had that aha moment. Hadn't understood fully the grace of God. Father, we just lift up Elizabeth to you in particular right now. We pray that you would unlock the mysteries of your love in her heart. That the light, illumination would shine. Father, that you would give her dreams and visions that you would send laborers, Lily and others, into her life. Thank you for sending Lily into her life. Thank you that you haven't given up on any of the Elizabeths in this world, that you are sending us. Let us be those that are sent forth, Lord. Let us be those that are willing to go. Lord, you said come out from among them and be ye separate. We know you said that, but I believe, Father, with all my heart that you meant to come out from the sin but not come out from the people. We are in this world. We can't be of this world, but we are in this world to reach this world. Help us make an impact. I lift up all the Elizabeths around the world, the Elizabeths in in our lives, the Elizabeths in each one of these youth's lives, in each one of the adults' lives. Is there Elizabeth in your life? Lift them up to the Lord right now. Lord, you hear the cries of your people. We're lifting up names to you right now. We're lifting up folks. Now as we lift them up, Lord, begin to deal in our hearts about how, what we can do. Not anything in the flesh. Lord, but show us how to continue to pray and to be led by your Spirit and to not be afraid to step out boldly when the time is right. Thank you, Father, for hearing this in Jesus' name.
Amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Look, our true power is in God's Spirit and in God's love. And the two are one and the same. God's Spirit and God's love. They were. You won't have God's Spirit operating in your life unless you have God's love operating in your life. You won't get the power without the love. Thank you. Let's close like this. Uh... listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.